Thanks for tuning in to Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Brandon Billups, a high school pastor here at Rolling Hills Community Church. We are so glad that you've joined us today as we continue our series, Finish Strong. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jeff teaching from Joshua 10. Now, here's Jeff. Uh, well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today, whether you're in person with us here at our Franklin campus, or you're watching online from somewhere in the city, the country, or the world. I believe that God has us all here today for a reason, for a purpose. And I pray today that you're strengthened, that you're challenged, that you're encouraged as we grow deeper in our faith and stronger in our relationship with the Lord. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Now, before we dive into God's Word, I want us to pray together. Right? We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. We're praying every day for 21 days. We're fasting one day a week. We're giving up food or social media just to pray. And we're praying for the kingdom, as we'll talk about that next Sunday. is kind of the culmination day, but also for our country. And so we have been praying for our country. And I want us to pray to God's church together right now. So let's pray. Father God, we need you. Father, and God, this past week, there's been a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, and yet, Father, you're faithful. And God, you're with us, and God, you're for us. And so, Lord, I pray today for our president. I pray for a president-elect. I pray, Father, that you would give them wisdom to lead our country well. I pray for the Senate, for the House, for Supreme Court. Lord Jesus, I, I lift up our state government and our county and our city leaders. And Father, I pray that, God, you give them discernment, Father, to lead us, Father, and that, God, you would bring healing into our nation. God, you would bring unity. And Father, start with us and start with your church. And God, as you've called us to be Christ followers in this day, in this generation, Lord, let us make a difference now. God, our citizenship is in heaven. It's not here in the United States, it's in heaven. And so, Lord, let us be followers of you first and foremost. And let us share your love with everybody who's in need today. And let us point people to you. Because you are faithful. And we dedicate our lives, we dedicate this country to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, church, we are in this incredible series, this incredible series called Finish Strong. And we are talking about what that means in our lives. We've been tracking with the children of Israel as God called them out of Egypt, right? They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And they prayed for a deliverer, right? God hears your prayers. Whatever you're praying today, God hears your prayers. And and they prayed and God sent Moses and, and delivered the people out of slavery, took them on a journey. They came across the wilderness and were heading into the promised land. See, God didn't just deliver them out of slavery to live in the wilderness. God delivered them out of slavery to be in the promised land. And the same thing has happened for us. We were slaves to sin, right? We were dead in our sins and our transgressions until God made us alive in Christ. Praise God right? But he delivered us out of our sin, not so that we come and just kind of stay in the wilderness and stay the same with the world and kind of keep our old life. It's for us to go in and to reach our full potential, for us to be the men and women that God created us to be. And so these men and women are on this amazing journey. They kind of got stuck for 40 years in the wilderness because they had no faith. They were afraid. But then God raised up a leader named Joshua who said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And the people come after the entire unbelieving generation dies off. And this new generation of faith followers comes. And they step in the water of the Jordan. And God stops the water from upstream from flowing. And the entire nation passes over into the promised land on dry ground. Can you imagine? 
I mean, 40 years in the wilderness, and now they're stepping foot in this land flowing with milk and honey. They are just on fire. Things are going great. They win the battle of Jericho. It's amazing what God's doing. And then last week, right? Last week, we came to the defeat. We came to a challenge because they weren't faithful. They kept the devoted things, Achan. And so God says, hey, you know what? There's going to be trouble here right now in the camp. And they lost the battle at Ai. There was defeat that happened, but then they cleansed themselves. They came before the Lord and they cleansed the community. And God says, okay, go fight the battle again. They go to Ai, they win the battle. And Joshua, we left off last week in Joshua chapter eight. He does this amazing thing, right? He pulls the whole Israelites together, everybody on Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal, and he stands at the very bottom. It's like this giant amphitheater with a million people, right? And he reads out the first five books of the law right? The first five books that Moses wrote. And he says, here's the 10 commandments. Here's how God calls us to live. Here's what God wants to do, the blessings and the curses. Guys, let's recommit ourselves to the Lord and let's finish strong. Let's go do what he's called us to do. Let's take the rest of the land. Let's make a difference for generations to come. And they dedicated themselves right there. And it was incredible. And now, man, they go forward in the Lord. And today we come to one of the greatest miracles, I think, in the Bible. It is so powerful, and I believe God's got an awesome word for us today. So if you have a Bible with you today, open with me to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. Old Testament, right? So you got the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, written by Moses. That's called the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And then you come to Joshua. Joshua. If you're watching online, you can pull up the Rolling Hills app. Or you can go to version and, hey, check this scripture out with us. Now, let me just back up for a second. Joshua 8, they recommit. Joshua 9, there's kind of a kind of weird thing that happens here, right? There's this group of people called the Gibeonites. They're from the town of Gibeon. And they know they're kind of in line to go next. And so they say, we want to join the Israelites. You know, we want to join them. But they knew they wouldn't make a treaty with them, so they tricked them. They, they got on the old clothes and they got these old, you know, water sacks that were, you know, kind of molding, like falling out of water, and they got old bread that was stale, and they come up to the Israelites and go, hey, make a treaty with us. We're from a long way away. We've heard about your God. And so the Israelites are like, okay, cool, we'll make a treaty with you. Great. And then they go, oh yeah, we live right down the road, right? You know, and so, hey, we want to join you guys. So they join them. So now the Joshua's there, and he's got this, this whole town of Gibeon that's kind of locked in with them. But look what happens here in chapter 10. It says, Now Adonai Zedek, the king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its king what he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai and its men were good fighters. So here's the king of Jerusalem. He's seeing what's happening right now. This is the promised land that God gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is the land that was the Israelites, but they've been gone for a while. A lot of new people moved in and have taken up camp and God's moving them out. But some are fighting against the Israelites like this king's going to do. Verse three. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japheth, king of Lachish, and Debi, Debir, king of Eglon, come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. 
Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces. They moved up with all their troops, and they took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. So all these kings of the Amorites are like, hey, we're going to go after Gibeon because they made a treaty with the Israelites. Well, the Gibeonites sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. Okay, so now there's five kings and their whole armies, all right? This is a big battle that's going up there. But Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. I gotta stop there for a second. Isn't that incredible? God makes this promise, Joshua, you go fight these five kings because the battle's already won. I'm making you a promise. Hey, has God made you a promise? In your life, when God makes you a promise, you can hold on to that promise. God will bring that promise to fruition. You hold on to whatever God has said to you, trust him. So Joshua goes to battle, right? After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up from Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Ezekiah and to Makedah. And they fled before Israel on the road from Beth Horon to Azekah. The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. Guys, this is a bold prayer. This is a bold prayer. Because think about it. Joshua's marched all night, right? They're coming up. They rout these kings. They take them by surprise. They drive them out of Gibeon. And now they're pursuing them. But Joshua knows if the sun goes down, these guys are going to spread out. They're going to be under the cover of darkness. We're not going to be able to find them. They're going to regroup. We're going to have to fight this battle again. So God, let the sun stand still. God, don't let the sun go down until we win this battle. That's a bold prayer, right? Well, look what happens. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There's never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Wow. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, how amazing to see this, that God delivered these five kings right into the hands of Joshua and to all the Israelites. They prayed this bold prayer and God answered. Hey, what prayers are you praying We're going to talk about that today. So if you're taking notes today, you're here in person, hopefully you got a worship guide. Love for you to grab a pen and write some things down. If you're watching online, you can go there to the Rolling Hills app, follow along with us. But there are some incredible principles, incredible principles for us in our own spiritual life that God wants to show us today. So check this out. Number one, look at this. God invites us into his greater story. 
God invites us into his greater story. After an all-night march, notice that, guys, all night, man, these guys were in it to win it, right? They are all-night march from Gilgal. Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. Hey, God doesn't need us, okay? But he allows us to be a part of what he's doing. You ever thought about that? He is sovereign God overall. He doesn't need us, but God allows us. God invites us to join in. And I gotta tell you, it is so much more fun and amazing when you join in to what God's doing, right? And Joshua said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I love it. I love that we get to follow God. I love that God is in control. And that when we are obedient to him, God does miracles and we get to see it. We get to be a part of it. See, Jesus makes your life better. I'm just telling you, right? Jesus makes your, your marriage better, your family better. He makes you a better man or a woman. And God does these things. And so many people miss it because you just kind of live your own, own ho-hum life, right? And just kind of go around with what I'm normally doing. We don't stop to look up and say, God, let me join you in what you're doing. God, I want to lock arms with other believers. God, I want to be sold out. God, I want to make a difference for your name and your glory. God doesn't need us, but he allows us. Hey, Joshua, jump in. <laughs> hey, come on. Man, I love Joshua. You know, Joshua didn't stop, right? Joshua didn't go, okay, God, I got, I got the people across the Jordan, kind of set up camp, I'm done. I'm gonna retire here, I'm gonna kick back. No, he's like, we're taking the whole land. Let's take Jericho, let's go forward, come on. You see, the word retirement's not in the Bible, you guys. It's not, you don't spiritually retire. We don't check out. You know, as you get older, you go, man, I wanna serve. I wanna make a difference. I've got this wisdom and this leadership, this experience. Hey, I wanna join God in what he's doing. Give your best for God's glory. Give your best for God's glory. Think about these guys. Okay, they march all night. So that's 12 hours, right? And then they get there. The sun's starting to come up. They attack them, you know, in the early morning part. They fight all day, another 12 hours. The sun starts to go down. He prays, sun stands still. It stands still. They fight another 12 hours. 36 hours, right? And I don't think these guys are tired, man. I think they're fired up. I think they're running on adrenaline. I think they're just going. Have you ever pulled an all-nighter? You know, you know, it's like, and he just kind of, next day you're amped up and then finally you crash later on. But you know, it's like, you're just in it. But man, when you give your best for God's glory, we give our best at our job a lot of times. We give our best doing, you know, cheering for our sports team or whoever else. But man, when we jump in and say, God, I want to be a part of this. God, let's go. I think those guys were so fired up. Hey, we're in a spiritual battle. Don't ever forget that, guys. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, put on the full armor of God, right? The helmet of salvation and take up the shield of faith and sword of the spirit. We're taking a stand, Right? We're in this spiritual battle. That's when we pray. We march all night, but maybe. But we get on our knees. We pray. We give. We serve. We make a difference. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the thief, that's our enemy, the Satan, comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. That's what Satan does. See, Satan hates God. But Satan knows he can't do anything to God because God's sovereign over all. So Satan goes, I'm going to go after God's kids. All right? I mean, if you want to hurt me, you can do whatever to me. But, but you go after my kids, that's a whole different thing, right? And so Satan's like, if I can just get these 
kids distracted. But we're in a spiritual battle. He comes to steal, you know, man, our joy comes to kill our relationships and destroy our lives. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus said, I have, a, I have a great life for you. I have a great life for your family. I have a great life for your kids. I have a great life for your community. Trust me. Hey, let's go. This is our time. This is our opportunity. God fights for his people. God fights for his people. The Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. And more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Can you imagine the Israelites are chasing them and then these hails coming down and knocking them out? That's pretty incredible, right? It is what happened in the, the plagues and the plagues that were happening in Egypt and, and God was protecting his people and taking out the Egyptians. Now, why does God do that? Because he wants people to know it's God. He wants people to know that he is fighting for his people. Sometimes we try to steal the glory. Sometimes we go, well, hey, look at all those people right there, right? We won this battle. We did this. But Joshua was wise enough to go, no, it's God. It's God. Have you thought about lately how many ways God's taking care of you? God's protecting us, man. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of financial crisis, in the middle of all these things. And a lot of times we go, well, you know, I've been wise, I've been smart, I've been doing it. No, God, I want to give him the glory. Thank you, Lord, because you're fighting for us. You're with your people. Hey, God is sovereign over all creation. God is sovereign over all creation. The sun stood still. See, I don't think that science and faith are mutually exclusive. God created it all, right? God created it all. I think it takes more faith to not believe in God than to believe in God. I mean, really, right? I mean, like two rocks collided and all of a sudden all this just happened, right? And there's a whole solar system. Like if our planet was a little bit closer to the sun, we'd burn up, but a little bit further away, we'd all, you know, be frozen, you know, like, wait a minute, it's just perfect, right? There's a whole system there. There's a whole ecosystem. There's a whole food chain and food web. And I mean, wow, I got a digestive system and a respiratory system. I mean, that just happened? Well, crazy. No, God's sovereign over all of creation and all of creation is radiating the glory of God. Look at this verse from Romans. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly understood from what has been made so that all people are without excuse. All people are without excuse. Do you know every civilization that's ever existed has had some form of worship? Every civilization. Why? Because we walk out, we look and we go, wait a minute, there has to be a God. There has to be a God. Now why did God create all that? to draw us to himself, right? You know, people talk about, well, what about tribes in Africa? Or what about tribes in the Amazon? You know, and I've been to the Amazon. And I'll tell you, there's people there like, there is a God. But I want to tell you, for all of us, we know that God exists, but God's inviting us into his story. God has given his son so that we can have eternal life. And it's all about him. (laughs) Hey, the odds may seem overwhelming, but don't forget about God. I don't know what battle you're fighting today. I really don't. Everybody's fighting a battle. And, and maybe in your life, man, there's this battle and you just don't know how in the world you're gonna get through it. You don't know how they're gonna get through this relational struggle or this financial struggle. Let me just tell you, don't forget about God. The God of all creation loves you. The God of all creation sent his son for you. Don't you think he's gonna fight for you? Don't you think he's gonna stand with you? He's on your side. Hey, just hold on, guys. 
a miracle's coming. <laughs> Just hold on, a miracle is coming. Joshua takes the man, it's like we're joining in what God's doing. We're marching all night because I know a miracle's coming. I know God's gonna deliver these five kings. I know God's gonna make a way and make it happen. Hey, in your life, hold on. A miracle's coming. You stay faithful. You stay strong. I love what Paul writes here in Romans. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? You ever thought that in your life? You just thought, if God's for me, really, who could be against me? I mean, really, God of all creation is for me. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. All right, what sun stands still prayer are you praying? What sun stands still prayer are you praying? Here's Joshua. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord, and I want you to notice this, in the presence of Israel. It wasn't like Joshua was like, I'm gonna hedge my bet a little bit. God, maybe if you can, you know, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna pray boldly in front of everybody. God, let the sun stand still. We wanna win this. Sun, stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. Most of our prayers are so benign. I mean, really, think about it, right? We'll pray, we're like, thank you, God, for the food. All right, let's eat, let's go, you know. And, and that's important. We want to set a model for our kids, our great kids. We want to be able to say, hey, listen, it's important to thank God for the food. Or, or we'll pray, we're like, hey, God, help me to have a good day. Okay, right? You know, like, okay, you know, God, be with me. Okay, I, I am, right? Okay, God, be with them. Okay, I am. I, I, what? Most of our prayers are benign. I mean, most of us are like, okay, I'm just going to say this and go through the motions. But, but really, are we praying bold prayers? What bold prayer are you praying in your life? What bold prayer are you saying, God, I pray about this? I was talking to a guy the other day, and he came to know Christ later on in his life. And he, he said, I started praying for my dad. Because when I accepted Christ, my granddad wrote my dad an email and said, hey, your son's lost it. He's gone whack, you know? You know he's like, I don't know what's going on. And, 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 and I thought my dad and I had this strained relationship because here I'm a Christ follower now, but I started praying that God would work in my dad's life. And you know what? God did. Somebody invited him to church. My dad gave his life to Christ. And now my dad and I, man, we're closer than we've ever been. We're sharing Jesus. So I'm gonna tell you, that's a bold prayer. Maybe you're praying for your kids. Maybe you're praying for healing in a relationship. Maybe you're praying for a job or a dream that God's put in your heart. But what bold prayer are you praying in your life? Don't just settle for benign prayers, okay? Let's go bold. Maybe God doesn't do big things because we don't ask. <laughs> you ever thought about that? Maybe God's answering our prayers. I had a good day, right? Way to go, you know? But maybe God doesn't do these big things because we don't ask. Now, we've seen God do some big things, right? And hopefully using some God see God do big things, but, but maybe we're just not asking enough because there is a really big God up there who's inviting us into his story and saying, would you ask? And we kind of get settled into our whole home life, kind of going, well, you know, I don't want to push the envelope. I don't, yeah, I kind of got this thing going. I'm comfortable. God's going, oh, don't be comfortable. Let's go. I'm not done with you. Pray bold prayers. What do you pray for God to do that only God can do? Not you, right? You're not going to defeat five kings. Right? What are you praying? God, you've got to do this. You know, guys, as a church, we've seen God answer some sun stand still prayers. 
I can remember 12 years ago, November of 2008, literally 12 years ago, here we are, a five-year-old church, five-year-old church. And we started in 2003 with a Bible study of 15 people in an apartment clubhouse. And now we're meeting in 2008 in a movie theater in Cool Springs, right? So we see the movies, right? that's where we met, right? We met there. And, and we used the big theater. A lot of you were there. And it was just amazing. We would have one big theater and we'd have worship in there, use the back screen. And we would have babies in one room and another room with toddlers. And we're like, hey, don't pick up that popcorn, you know, and don't, don't grab that gum under that chair. That's gross. You know, get that. I mean, we were like, I mean, this is like crazyville, right? Over there having church. We never had a contract. Week to week, we're like, I hope the key works. I hope we can get in, you know. And I mean, it was just every time. And we started praying, God, open the door. God, provide a new place for us. Five-year-old church. Average age of the congregation, 27. All, all these young, you know, college students and young adults, single adults, uh, all these young marriages. We didn't have that many kids there. I mean, a lot of you were there. I mean, you can't even remember this. And, and we started praying, God, we, we need a place to meet. Where are we going to go? Land in Cool Springs is really expensive. I don't know if you guys know that. Or in Franklin, it's just kind of like really high. And so here you are, five-year-old church, average age 27. We didn't know where to go. But this building came on the market right here. And it was several million dollars. And we was like, no way. We don't have the money. We can't do it. And so one Sunday, we said, let's pray. Let's just pray. We're going to pray for six weeks. Then one Sunday, we're going to give. We're going to stretch. And everybody come. We're going to give over and above our tithe. We want to invest. We're just going to see what God will do. Take out your savings, whatever it is. Let, let's go. You know, this is our march all night. Let's, let's just join in what God wants to do. And I'll never forget that Sunday. And if you were there, you won't ever forget it either. Because that Sunday, here we are at the movie theater, you know, about three or 400 people. And, and we had an altar down front and our kids came in to the altar and started taking their piggy banks and just dumping their piggy banks. And then people started coming down the aisles and they're bringing commitment cards and they're coming in and we just dropped all this in. And we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what to do. But it was a time of worship. And then that afternoon, the finance team called me and they said, Jeff, you wouldn't believe it, but the church just gave $1 million. I'm like, what? No way. I thought they were lying. I, I really did. I didn't believe it. I'm like, no, there's no way. There's no way. I'm like, it, it couldn't happen. It, it, like, yeah, it just happened. It was like the fish in the loaves. You just put a little bit in the hand of Jesus and he multiplies it. And we were so excited. And we called the guy who owned this building. We, we were like, hey, we, we could... We could maybe buy this building, right? He goes, well, I didn't think you were interested, so I got three leases. But you can have the leases. In fact, I'll give you the money for the down payment. In fact, you can, you can just have the whole building. We ended up buying this building and the leases paid for our mortgage. Who could ever script that, right? And it was just clear span. And, and now come in and build it out. And what's amazing, what's amazing, 12 years later, you think about how many people have been baptized in this baptistry right over here? People we didn't even know. Our kids coming to know Christ and watching people serve and, and seeing the community being impacted and weddings and people getting married here and, and, and even funerals from some of the saints who've walked with Jesus who are now in heaven and families here grieving but celebrating their lives right here in this place and raising up a new generation that's going to follow the Lord in a preschool over here with 200 kids that are getting a spiritual foundation and lives being changed. And you think about the Bears breakfast, the Mayor of Williamson County, the, the Mayor of Franklin, four times a year come right here, you know? We have the police graduation and, and what's happening, dance recitals, all these people in the community are right 
here because the people say, God, we're gonna trust you. And we're gonna pray a bold prayer. We're gonna march all night. What bold prayer are you praying? Please pray big prayers. Hey, finish strong. Guys, finish strong. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There's never been a day like it before or since. Hey, I don't have time to get into it, but I, if you want to go and research how this thing happened, because all these ancient historians are like, when we go back and look at calendars in ancient times, there's a day missing. We don't know where it is. And I'm gonna tell you, it's right here at Joshua chapter 10. I can save you a lot of time because it's right there. Hey, the sun stood still. And you know what? A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. God has a plan and a purpose for all of your life. All of your life. Don't stop. Don't back down. Don't give up. Don't walk away. You keep moving forward. I wanna put a map up here and I just wanna show you the kind of the conquest. If you look over kind of on the far right, you'll see Shittim. And that's where they camped before crossing over the Jordan. For 40 years, they stayed in the wilderness and finally they trusted God and went over to Gilgal. They camped there. They conquered Jericho, right? God gives them the victory there. They go to Ai and then Gibeon joins in. And then I want you to look. Those five kings, God gave them that whole area of land in 36 hours. <laughs> And then there is Jerusalem. <laughs> that whole area, the whole southern part, right, was conquered in 36 hours because the people said, we're gonna trust God. We're gonna go forward with him. And you think about Israel is still there to this day, to this day. I mean, how incredible in Jerusalem, right? A place where our savior <laughs> was crucified on a cross for our sins, for your sins, for my sins and then resurrected and conquered death. And here we are 2,000 years later in Israel, this place is still so prominent in the world today because the people trusted the Lord. Hey, God has a plan and purpose for all your life. He's not finished with any of us in this room. There's still breath in our lungs for a reason. Invest in what matters. Trust him. Give your best for the glory of God. Hey, many people in the Bible, listen, didn't finish strong. Honestly, if you go and look, you know, a little while later, there'll be a guy named Solomon, who's the son of King David, who is one of the wealthiest people that ever lived, the wisest, and yet he got caught up in the world. He, he had all these wives and all this pleasure and all this money, and he drifted from the Lord and the kingdoms divided after him because he didn't finish strong. Judas, three years with Jesus, and then sells Jesus out for money because money was still as God, 30 pieces of silver, I'll take that over Jesus, Are you kidding? Many people didn't finish strong, but you and I, hey, will you commit or recommit to God to finish strong? Would you just say today, I'm gonna commit for whatever days I have on this earth, man, I wanna finish strong. I want the best of my life to be the rest of my life, you know? I wanna give it all for the glory of God. Guys, this is our time, this is our call. You know, as a church, two years ago, November of 2018, we, we came together, we prayed one of those sun stand still kind of prayers. And we said, we're gonna go on a three-year campaign. We're moving forward. And we have these five initiatives. We're gonna invest in the next generation. And, and we're gonna have a place, a permanent home for our Nolensville campus, for our Nashville campus. Uh, we're also gonna expand the Franklin campus because we believe God's doing more work here. And we're gonna have two more transitional living homes in Moldova. 
In Moldova's in Eastern Europe, the smallest, poorest country in the former Soviet Union. In fact, we, we owned a transitional home for orphans there before we ever owned a building here in the States. <laughs> but we just said, we, we gotta invest. We gotta give back. We, we've been blessed. We wanna be a blessing to others. And so we're gonna build two more homes. That'll give us two in the north, two in the central, two in the southern part. Every orphan and vulnerable child will have access to some of our staff. They have a hope and a future. And you guys, it's a three-year campaign, right? We started November 2018, we're gonna go to November of 2021. And so we've two years into it. And two years into it, just think about what God's done. I mean, you can see the whole middle school, high school student area as we invest in the next generation. God's provided 10 acres in Nolensville for us, right? And now we get to build there. Hey, God's provided four city blocks, a church in the middle of Nashville, right? In Sylvan Park, the nation's area. I mean, we couldn't script that. That's a miracle, okay? Like this God just said, here you go, all right here. I, I, that's the Lord. I mean, God is just doing these things, but God is inviting us into that story. I want you to hear today from one of our high school students the difference God's making already. Check this out. My name is Luke Westmoreland. Um, I play basketball at Centennial High School on the varsity team. I've been going to Rolling Hills since second grade. When I grew up, my dad was my coach. Before we had this student center, um, I found it hard sometimes to invite people to church, um, especially since my outreach is basketball. You see in the Bible, a lot of times the disciples, they walked through the people with the church. You know, they lived life with them. They didn't just, you know, say, hey, come to church one day, and then that was that, and they didn't see him again. They, they went to their, their place of living. They learned what they did for their life. When I first heard the space was being built and I heard there was a basketball court, first thought, we're gonna have so many guys out here. This space has given me an opportunity in order to invite the people that I, I walk through life with. I think between me and a, a guy named Pierce Brule, we were able to get 20 to 30 guys out here by the second week, uh, and that was really cool. I'm not gonna change hearts. You know, that's, that's the Lord's work, so my job is just to be a witness and to bring them into the space. Um, so some guys come out here and they play, and they don't, they don't come to small groups beforehand. But my goal is that eventually they start asking questions. You know, this becomes a conversation starter. This becomes, hey, what are y'all doing beforehand? We have small group. I love the game of basketball. I've been able to play it. I've been able to enjoy it. Uh, so when I'm able to invite people through that, I'm able to look at them and say, you know what, can you come play this game we both love and come do it at our church and say, hey, can I also tell you about this? It shows you that God can work and whatever skill set you have. He gave it to you for a reason. He's gonna work through that in whichever way he can. The opportunity that this is this is created is huge. It, it's, it's bigger than people understand. Um, it, it gives a space for somebody to come and just, no matter what's going on, you just come out here and play. You know, basketball is an escape for so many people because you can bring a lot of things onto the court and you just, you play them out. You, you, you forget about them, you play the game. Um, and for the kingdom has really done that and that's great. I remember two years ago when we were looking over the blueprint and we're dreaming and planning of what this could be and we finally saw the vision that um, this is so much more than a building. Um, this is gonna be a refuge for our students. And I remember so vividly going, hey, right here on this sports court, this is where a Luke Westmoreland, this is where a, a Pierce Brule, they're gonna invite their basketball teammates, they're gonna invite their friends out here to play basketball because maybe they wouldn't come to church, but they'll come play basketball. And 
Um, man, it's been, it's been incredible um, because as soon as these sports courts have opened, we saw it happen. I've already heard about a story. Uh, a guy came out here, was invited by one of our guys. Um, he didn't really come to church, but he ended up coming out to play with us uh, and saw that connection that we had and ended up coming uh, the next day on Sunday to, uh, to church. And he came with his whole family. Uh, that's really cool to see that life life change. That's life changing for somebody to be to be at church. It means a lot that the, the church is able to go above and beyond. Uh, to me, that shows that we're willing to make sacrifices, we're willing to make strides in order to, to do the right thing and to be the hands and feet of Christ. Uh, kids see that. They see their parents getting more. You know, they see the, what it can create in others' lives, not just their own, when you give back, back to the church and back to Christ and back to the Lord. There's so many outreach opportunities that this has opened up, especially for high schoolers to learn what it's like to reach out and bring somebody um, into the fold, really. Uh, and that's been really cool. I just love Luke's excitement, you know? I mean, he's like, man, I get to invite my friends and they're coming to church. And it's like, I invite them, you know, and that's my part. But, but it's God who changes their heart. It's God who changes their lives. And, and God's raising up leaders. And guys, this is our time. This is our opportunity. These are our kids. These are your kids. This is our community that we're impacting for the glory of God. And God's not finished. Just think about that. God's not finished. We've come two years on this campaign. We've got one more. And we want to finish strong. Between now and November of 2021, we've got one more year. And so I'm going to ask you, you know, you received a, a commitment card or you've received a brochure in the mail. And next week, we're going to bring it back. And, and I want to ask every one of us. This is an all skate, right? Every, everybody. You know, think and pray about this. Uh, you can look at that card and, and just say, hey, I'm going to pray for 12 more months. 12 more months. Uh, for some of us, right, we, we committed for 36 months. Lisa and I, we we're going to pray for 36 months. We're going to give over and above our tithe, right, to, to invest in for the kingdom. And it's been awesome. I got to tell you, Lisa and I are so blessed. We, we do this. My 16-year-old daughter, she made a commitment for 36 months. My 14-year-old daughter, she made a commitment for 36 months. And my 11-year-old daughter made a commitment for 36 months and they babysit and they give because they know the impact it has on them and on their friends and on their kids. So would you join in for 12 months? If you're new, if you've been coming for two years, hey, jump in and just say next week, we're gonna come, we're gonna bring a card or you can do it online and I'm gonna jump in. And I'm gonna commit for 12 months over and above my tithe to pray and I wanna give. If you're already committed, just recommit. Now, I just want to check. I'm going to finish strong. I made a commitment. I'm going to finish it. Hey, listen, I also know 2020 has been a hard year for a lot of people. And if it's been a hard year for you, don't give. It's okay. That's what church is for. We're in this thing together. But I also know that 2020 for some people has been a really amazing year. And God's protected you. God's blessed you. There's people who've already finished their pledge. You've said, hey, I want to give more because I, can't, I couldn't script this. God has done these things. But next week, we're going to come and we're gonna have a chance to give together. This is our Sun Stand Still prayer as a church. Well, what's your prayer? What bold prayer are you praying? In your life today, are your prayers benign? Or are you praying, God, I wanna see you do this? There's still breath in my lungs for a reason, and God, I wanna see you do this. Maybe it's for your child to come to know Christ. Maybe it's for a neighbor. Maybe it's for your dad. Maybe it's healing in a relationship that you think is too far gone. <laughs> but don't forget about God. 
Maybe there's a dream down in your heart that you know, man, God's gonna bring it to fruition. I just gotta hang on, but God, I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna pray about it. What prayer are you praying? Maybe there's anxiety or stress in your life that you go, I just need to give to the Lord. I want to live life for Him. Guys, I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are this morning, but God does. <laughs> God knows exactly where you are. And God loves you more than you even love yourself. God loves you. And whether you're a middle school student, a high school student, or whether you're a 75-year-old adult, God's got a plan or purpose for your life. So Father God, here we are, your disciples. God, let us pray bold prayers because you are a big God. You sent your son Jesus who died on a cross so that we could have eternal life. But God, while we're still on this earth, God, let us make the most of it. Let us march all night. Let us pray. Let us give. Let us serve. Let us be men and women after your heart who invest in your kingdom. God, I pray for miracles to happen. <laughs> and that we would see them and we would give you the glory for them. Don't let us miss them. I believe you're doing them all the time, all around us. So God, you could hear the prayers of your people right now. And I pray you would answer. And answer in a way, God, that only you can. Thank you, God, for your love and for your grace. Thank you that you're a sun stand still kind of God. Who in the name of Jesus we pray to. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit the website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.